Aloha. Welcome to the Mr. G podcast. This is Mr. G, Gregory Brandt, Mr. G Hawaii. Today is episode number 14. We're going to talk about tonight's big game seven between the Miami Heat at the Boston Garden versus the Boston Celtics in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. The winner goes to the NBA Finals to play the Denver Nuggets. Denver has home court advantage, whoever they play. And <clears throat> it's an exciting game. Uh, it's a, the exciting series, one of the uh, historic series because Miami took a three to nothing series lead and the Boston Celtics have won the last three games to tie up the series 3-3. So we go to a deciding seven game and it's the only series going on right now. Everybody's watching it. Uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting story. There's lots of storylines on both sides i've spoken a lot about jimmy butler and the uh things that he had to go through in his life to get into the position that he is in and he is a big fan of mine as well um no way did i just say jimmy butler is a fan of mine no he's not a fan of mine but i think he knows who i am anyways the mr g podcast is available on apple Podcasts, amazon podcast spotify podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iHeartRadio podcast. And uh, you might have to do a little looking for it, but Mr. G Hawaii or Gregory Brandt as well. I do this every day. And uh, if you want to hear me, I'm out there. You just got to look for me. So uh, with that being said, Jimmy Butler looked for me and he found me, right? No, with that being said, uh, I really uh, go heat tonight. Uh, I don't like the Celtics at all. They're probably my least favorite NBA basketball team. And I am a San Antonio Spurs fan, hardcore, but like I said, I've been cheering for uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson of the Miami Heat. And their coach, Eric Spoltra, has gotten my respect over the, has gained my, earned my respect over the years, over the last 10 or 12 years as well. Uh, they don't have the best fans in the NBA, Miami. You know, if you look at some of the regular season games, they barely have sellouts. There's empty seats everywhere. And Miami isn't known as a basketball town either. Uh, but come playoff time, it does get full in there. And they have become one of the elite teams in the National Basketball Association. If you look at the teams that have won the most championships, the Boston Celtics, who are playing tonight, have won 17 championships. They also have a great winning percentage in the NBA Finals. So a lot of times if the Celtics make it to the Finals, used to say most times, if the Celtics make it to the finals, they win the finals, unfortunately. The Lakers are tied with them also with 17 championships. And number three is Golden State Warriors. They have seven championships. Behind them, Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan's six championships. And then my San Antonio Spurs with five championships. And right behind them are the Miami Heat with three championships. So it's very rare to win a championship in the NBA. Normally, it's been it's been a monopoly between two teams. It's been dominating by two teams who have won 17 championships each. And uh, a lot of times, even if they don't win the championships, they're, they're playing for the championship. But the one thing that really stuck out about tonight's game is the money line is, I mean, the betting line. Like, obviously, Boston is going to be favored. Boston is the number two seed. They finished with the second best record in the East, and uh, they get home court advantage, and it's in Boston. Uh, I think it's TD Garden. They call it not Boston Garden anymore. 
but it's a famous arena where uh where it's very tough to play and the crowd goes crazy and they're going to be livid for game 7 but the heat have won there before and they can win there again uh the heat have some really great players and they're the underdogs and they like i said in yesterday's podcast this team plays best when they're the underdogs and i hope this team knows going into tonight's game that the Miami Heat are a seven and a half point underdog against Boston. I figured Boston would be favored by a few points, but seven and a half points. Now I've made a lot of money betting on basketball over the last 20 or 30 years. And one thing that I've done with making money is betting on the money line. When I see something like that, my eyes turn to dollar signs. But also, I've learned over the years, you don't want to bet with your heart. You want to bet with your head. And my heart really is in this matchup because I'm really cheering for the Miami Heat. So if you're cheering for a team, you don't want to normally bet on the team because your heart is going to sway your head like it does in romance and life. But So I try not to bet on the Spurs. And if there's a team that I really don't like, but I see a, a betting line, I'm like, oh, they're probably going to win that or they're going to take that. Like the Nuggets and the Lakers, like I didn't have a dog in that race, but I looked at the two teams' starting lineups, and I was like, "Yeah, the Nuggets are probably going to sweep the Lakers," and that's exactly what happened. Uh, but you know, sometimes you can uh, win money on the money line is what I'm talking about. And uh, with tonight's game with the Miami Heat, they're a seven and a half point underdog. That means if you bet twenty dollars on the Heat to win tonight then you went $50 just for risking $20. Think of all the people across the country that don't know about betting and they're going to be watching game seven tonight. Millions of people are going to be watching and they're going to be betting with their roommates or their friends. Oh yeah, I'll bet you 20 bucks that the Heat win. I bet you 20 bucks that the Celtics win. And they're just getting even money for their odds. It's like, no, 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 no. Miami Heat are huge underdogs tonight. They're seven and a half point underdogs. And like I said, one way that I've made money in the past is if I see something that I like on the money line, like if a team is like, I think a team is going to win. Like I think Miami is going to win tonight, but I'm also thinking with my betting what that would be speaking and thinking with my heart too. If it was a game that if I thought the Celtics were going to win, I'm like, Oh yeah, the Celtics are going to win. And since I personally don't really like the Celtics, that would be a good time to put money on the Celtics. So I I thought the Lakers would make it to the conference finals before the playoffs started. And I was right about that. And I'm not a Laker fan, but I should have put money on the Lakers to uh, you know upset the Grizzlies and to upset the Warriors and to make it to the conference finals. Because being not a Lakers fan, I'm like, yeah, but I think they'll make it there to the conference finals versus Denver. I thought Milwaukee was actually going to, being the NBA Finals, I thought it was going to be Denver and Milwaukee, but I was happy to see Miami upset Denver. That's what makes the NBA playoffs fun and exciting, is uh, all the upsets, you know. It's and and the game sevens, and uh, you know, you think it's going to be a sweep, and it turns out to be a good series, and all the uh, exciting storylines that go with it too. So I'm 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 uh, happy for the NBA. They're probably going to have more viewers tonight than they've had uh, since pre. 2020 i think it's gonna be a good game i hope it's on a blowout and i i uh, hope it comes down to the wire like uh the past two games have or especially the last game which was a great game 
and Boston being able to save their season with a shot that left a hand at point one. I saw Tony Parker do that in the NBA finals against the Miami heat in game one of 2013 NBA finals. And the shot just got out of his hand just before point one, but they can measure that now. And in yesterday's podcast, I talked about Derek Fisher's infamous point uh, four shot where he shot and uh, against the San Antonio Spurs in 2004 and he was able to get off a shot, a jump shot with 0.4 left on the clock uh, to beat the Spurs. And they ended up winning that series. And the Lakers ended up losing in the finals to Detroit that year. Today, we're going to talk briefly about the NBA Finals of 2006. And that actually had the Miami Heat in it versus the Dallas Mavericks. That was Miami Heat's first championship in 2006. Like I said, in the top teams that have won championships, they're already like number five. And their first championship didn't come until 2006. They had Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. And Dwayne Wade had an epic NBA Finals where he won NBA Finals MVP. But that whole playoffs, he averaged like 35 points and like eight rebounds and eight assists and like two or three steals. He was great throughout those playoffs of – 2006 and people were saying oh he's going to be like jordan you know he's 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 the best and there was talk that he was the best in the league i don't think Dwayne wade had the work ethic though just from watching his you know nuances on the court he would always like fall down and like after every play you know like he like lightly gets bumped and he just falls on the ground like <laughs> you know and the way that he didn't spend his whole career career in miami and he took a couple years and went to cleveland and chicago i think and he was just such a diva. That's why him and LeBron James got along so well. They were just both such divas. And, uh, but yeah, he wasn't my favorite player. But during that 2006 NBA Finals, Dwayne Wade uh, put on an awesome show. Shaquille O'Neal was really great too. And that was uh, the last time Shaquille O'Neal was great. Later on, he would be traded to the Phoenix Suns where he we realized he wasn't the same Shaq that he used to be. And then he uh, played briefly for the Boston Celtics, actually, with Kevin Garnett. And I remember seeing a, a behind-the-scenes footage of the Boston Celtics in practice, and Shaquille O'Neal and Kevin Garnett was there, and like they were like talking jawing with each other. And it was just kind of sad because Shaq was like out of shape and stuff. And also Shaquille O'Neal played briefly with Cleve- with LeBron James in Cleveland late in his career. And then they I remember seeing an interview with that, and Shaquille O'Neal was like, it's... it's- Get a ring for the king, a ring for the king, because they would call LeBron James the king. So it's like, get a ring for the king. You know, it's just like, it's so lame. He was late in his career. And there's highlights I've seen recently of him, like just falling all over players and just being slow and uncoordinated. That's the best thing about this Wimby guy coming up. I don't remember a player like this since Shaquille O'Neal. That's going to be such a great spokesperson. And Wimby... Unlike Shaquille O'Neal, Wimby doesn't like talk like with a deep, awkward voice. Wimby has a normal voice and like a normal mannerisms and face. He's not awkward in any way, like you would expect somebody that's seven foot five to be. But I'm really excited about tonight's game. It's rare. There, there's somebody breaking cans outside my window. Can you believe that? Hey, hey, you're breaking cans outside my window when I'm working here. Do you mind? 
It's a Monday fucking afternoon. What are you doing? What? Where are you at, lady? So yeah. <laughs> All right, back to the podcast. Like ghost, what are your? Uh, my windows are fucking shut, and you're breaking cans outside of them. What the fuck is wrong with you? Everybody can hear you. It's seven a.m. Like they're act like this is a fucking third world, raising chickens, fucking collecting cans, pushing shopping carts, having five people in each apartment, each one bedroom. What the fuck's wrong with you? Have some decency, have some self-respect. Do you think you look good right now? Because normally only homeless people collect cans. You know, what are you fucking homeless down there? And it's a Monday fucking morning. What are you collecting cans? The fuck's wrong with you? Act like you're in the United States, the wealthiest country in the world. You don't have to collect cans on a Monday fucking morning outside somebody's apartment. My doors and windows are shut. What the hell? This is a 30-minute podcast. You can't fucking leave me alone for 30 minutes? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just because I live in the same building doesn't give you access to my life. You have to stand outside my closed apartment and break cans at 7 a.m. Because you're that fucking nasty. Is that, that's your fucking game. All right. Yeah, clip that. I'm clipping that just for you fuckers. So back to the podcast. The Celtics are going to try to be the first NBA team to come back from a 0-3 deficit. It's happened in hockey a few times. And it's happened in baseball once. It's never happened in the NBA. It's came close twice. There's been two teams that uh, were down 3 nothing and came back to force a game seven. In 1994, in the Western Conference second round, the Denver Nuggets came back to force a final deciding game versus the Utah Jazz. Also, in 2000, that was the year that the Denver Nuggets uh, actually... Well, that was a five-game series. The Denver Nuggets actually beat the Utah Jazz. They were the first number eight seed to ever beat a number uh, one seed, and that was in the first. That was in the uh, second round. In the previous round, they beat Seattle, the number first number eight seed to ever uh, beat a number one seed. But then in two thousand three, more re- recently, in the Western Conference first round, the uh, Portland Trail Blazers they were down. Oh, three. That was the the jailblazers is what they were called. And they came back and forced a game seven. Uh, the trailblazers scored a 21 to nothing run in the third quarter of game four to avoid a zero four sweep. And I remember watching those games. Uh, that was before I uh, started school. That was before the summer of 2003. Uh, like I said, it's happened once in baseball. No team in basketball has ever come back from an oh three deficit. Uh, to win a best of seven series, but it has happened once in baseball in the 2004 ALCS when the Boston Red Sox came back against their heated rivals, the New York Yankees, after trailing 03. And I watched each of those games. That was like I was just watching baseball at that time. And if you're going to pick a time to watch baseball, that was a good series. I was cheering for the Red Sox then. And because, uh, uh, you know, no team in baseball, you know, which has been around since the 1800s, no team has ever come back from an 03 deficit. So everybody was watching history. And, um, yeah, I, I would never cheer for the Red Sox any other uh, occasion. 
But uh, here on Wikipedia, it says they went on to win the World Series for the first time since 1918. Boston trailed in the ninth inning of game four, right before they were about to be swept by the Yankees, before tying the game and eventually winning in the 12th inning. So they came inches away from being swept, just like how Boston, uh, the Celtics in game six, came a 0.1 second away from uh, losing that series, losing game six. And right now we would be talking about how uh, Denver is playing Miami in the uh, NBA finals. Hopefully that's what we're going to be talking about uh, tomorrow because uh, it's going to be an exciting game tonight. And I really do hope that uh, Jimmy Butler and the Miami heat, uh, you know, you know, defy the odds once again, like they've done all season. And despite being a seven and a half point underdog come back or win the game tonight, I don't want them to just cover the spread. I don't want them to lose by one. I don't. That'd be t- that'd be the worst. I don't want them to lose by two. I don't want them to lose by ten. <clears throat> I just want Miami to win the game tonight, and they're good enough to win the game. And they don't deserve to be a seven and a half point underdog. And I'm tempted to take my rent money and put it all on the Heat because right now, if you bet just twenty dollars for Miami to win the game, like I said, you win fifty dollars. If you bet $200, you win um, $500. So you're getting more than two for one on your money. And uh, I think that would be a great bet. But like I said, you don't want to bet with your heart. And if I didn't like the Miami Heat, if I wasn't cheering for them, if I thought that was a good bet, then that'd be smart. But I try not to bet on the San Antonio Spurs because they're my team. And I try not to bet uh, when my heart is in it. And I, I don't, um, I wouldn't think it'd be a good time for my, uh, for, uh, my heart to, uh, get it. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, the, uh, either way, the Celtics are only the third team to ever force a game seven after being down three zero. And in baseball, like it's happened for a hundred years, every team that has been down Oh three, only one of them has forced a game seven and then lost. And that was in the 2000, uh, 2020 the Houston Astros, and the Tampa Bay Rays. But yeah, of the 151 NBA teams that have fallen <clears throat> into 0-3 deficit in the history of the NBA basketball playoffs, 151 teams have fallen into an 0-3 deficit, and only four of them, 2%, less than 2%, have forced a game seven. So the Celtics are, either way, they're in the, of the only teams have done this with all three teams that have played the game seven, losing the game, except for of course, tonight's game. We don't know who's going to win, but the first three teams, they were the visiting team in game seven. This is the first time where a team has come back from a three O deficit where they are the home team. And like I said, playing in Boston is a big time home court advantage. The worst NBA fans are probably Orlando. If you want to watch an Orlando Magic game, there's hardly anybody in the stands during regular season games. And even if it is a, like a big promoted game and they get almost a sellout during halftime, they have like apparently so many different like food options and restaurants and shopping and all this different crap going on there that it takes so long for people to come back to their uh, seats. And that's the same story in uh in LA and then in Golden State as well. 
where like they have all this outside shit going on. So people like uh, spend longer on halftime and then they take longer to get back to their seat. So during the first half of the third quarter, there's hardly anybody in the stands because they're all like getting like food options or whatever. I don't know. And um, they say that gives the road team an advantage because they're not all into it, but that doesn't uh, really uh, play account in the playoffs because in the playoffs you have people there all the time in the seats. Um, I went to a lot of, a few different playoff games in uh, San Antonio with the Spurs. Uh, when I worked as a, a door-to-door newspaper salesman for the San Antonio Express News, um, our boss, John Ornelas, uh, would take our whole crew. We were like kids between the age of 14 to 18, and uh, we would uh, be door-to-door sell- sellers of subscriptions to news- to this local newspaper, which was a sponsor, a big time, like a major sponsor for the San Antonio Spurs, and they still are the San Antonio Express News. And it's the largest paper in South Texas. And this was back when people read newspapers. So our boss would just go to the game and he had his uh, Sanitarium Express News ID around his neck. And we had all of our uh, Express News order books and, you know, Express News T-shirts and stuff. And we'd go to the game and he'd go to Will Call and he'd be like, yeah, dude, uh, I got these kids. They won a contest for a playoff game. Yeah, we got, you know, they sold, you know, 150 subscriptions. Or he just start, you know, he's a salesman and a con artist. So. And then they'd be like, oh, there's no tickets here. We don't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, let me talk to your manager, you know. And then uh, sometimes we, and they'd eventually just walk us in. And sometimes we would just like go in and just like, we, we'd get the best seats too. Like we'd take the seats that nobody was, was sitting in. Uh, we, we never got courtside during those few playoff games. But if there was a, a game he wanted to see in the playoffs, like I remember seeing the Spurs and the Lakers in the playoffs when the Lakers had Elgin Baylor, I believe. But uh, we would have decent seats there sometimes, and he would just scam his way in. And so I got to see a few playoff games like that. Then also I uh, won playoff tickets from in 2000, uh, in the year 2000 and 2001 at the job that I was working at. And then I received playoff tickets uh, like as a gift uh, for Easter one year. I think my mom got me some. And so, yeah, I got to see the playoffs, a whole other thing. And it, it's a it's like another season, really. And if you look at players, the NBA regular season is, is supposed to be very long. It's 82 games. But players that make it to the playoffs every year, like Jimmy Butler, for instance, he's already played almost 120 playoff games. And that's like a season and a half almost right there. And uh, that is that's more than a season. That is a season and a half, 120 playoff games. Uh, and he's, you know, most years he'll play in at least 10 playoff games. You know, I saw in 2020, he played in like 20 playoff games and a lot of few years he played in 12, like every single year, except for 2016, Jimmy Butler was in the, has been in the playoffs. And, uh, that's the one, uh, what's one great thing about watching the, the NBA playoffs is because it's very exciting with the player, the fans right there on the court. And you can see the players right up close and it's more personal, uh, similar to how soccer is where, you know, uh, when a, when a soccer takes a, a player, takes a free kick and it's like, everybody's watching this one player take a kick into the goal and, you know, he has to stay calm and it's a, a and, and if it's a, at the home, then the home crowd is just quiet and trying to like, just, you know, hopefully he makes it. And then if it's on the road, they're all rowdy and trying to like mess him up and making noise and stuff. And they have to stay calm and the whole world is watching this one individual. It's so much like a free throw in basketball 
like uh, when Jimmy Butler hit those three free throws in game six, it's like it was in Miami, but the, his teammates were like on the bench were like trying to calm the crowd down, like calm down, like be quiet. And then, he, you know, he's trying to stay calm. And then uh, he makes all three free throws and then everybody cheers. And, you know, very similar sports, soccer and basketball. And I, those are the two sports I love the most because uh, they correspond the most uh, to life uh, as an analogy. So cheers to uh, soccer and basketball, the only two sports worth watching. All right. Briefly talk about uh, the NBA finals of 2006. I just got accepted into the University of Texas and I wanted to uh, congratulate myself and go on a little road trip. So I had a 91 Mazda Protégé, <laughs> a small four-door red car. And I drove this car all across the United States a few different times. But in 2006, right before I started my first semester at the University of Texas, after working very hard on community college for three years, making almost straight A's, uh, honors classes, and editor of the school newspaper, the community college, doing all that just so I could be accepted into the University of Texas, and also writing a stellar uh, entry essay into UT Journalism School, which is one of the most competitive journalism schools in the United States, only like a 10% acceptance rate. So 90% of the people that apply to UTJ school do not get accepted. There are stories of people that had perfect SAT scores that did not get accepted into UTJ school because they were not the editor of a newspaper. Before we transferred over, they had everybody that were new transfers come in there and there was like 10 people and they had like a special class for all of us. And every single one of us in that class was an editor at our previous school or university's newspaper. One girl was the editor of a new NYU newspaper before transferring to the University of Texas Journalism School. NYU, uh, UT Austin, and Missouri, a Missouri University are the two, uh, the, or excuse me, the University of Missouri are the two, are the three best journalism schools in the United States. So um, <clears throat> in 2006, I wanted to congratulate myself. So after I had found out I had got accepted, I packed my car with like camping stuff and all this and got some tickets for the prices right. And then drove by myself for the first time, a road trip by myself uh, to California. I talk about this in my book, Gonzo Education, if you're interested in more about it. But I drive to California and uh, the playoffs are just wrapping up at this time. I wait in, to leave Texas until the Spurs lose to the Dallas Mavericks. The Spurs had won the championship in 2005, so they were actually going for a repeat. And they played a, a great series against the eventual eventual. Uh, Western Conference champions, the Dallas Mavericks, who would lose uh, to the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals in 2006. But the Spurs played a great series against the Mavericks in 2005. And I watched all those games, and I had a lot of money on the Spurs. And my trip would have been much different uh, if I would have, if the Spurs would have won the championship in 2006. I would have had a lot more money. But I did still have enough to take the trip. Um, so after the Spurs lost to the Mavericks, I remember there was a, 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 such a close shot that would have changed the series. It was like overtime and the ball was like rolling around the top of the rim. And for some reason it just didn't go in and the Spurs ended up losing. I think it was game seven, but 
So I'm like, all right, the Spurs lost, but I'm still going on the trip. So I get in my car and I head out west. And I remember stopping in Arizona and like reading a newspaper at a laundromat, an Arizona newspaper, and like about the playoffs. And then I remember like seeing the little Suns portion or whatever. Uh, And I thought that was like sad or funny or a little cute, I guess. Uh, But it was like somewhere in Arizona. It wasn't even in Phoenix, but it's just the whole state of Arizona. They're like Phoenix Suns, you know. I don't like the Suns either, so I don't like the Atlanta Hawks, and I don't like the Boston Celtics. But in 2006, it was the Miami Heat uh, versus the Dallas Mavericks, and uh, uh, once I got to Las Vegas, I tried to bet money on on basketball, but I had very little money, so I didn't make uh, many bets. And I, I, w- I was really looking forward to Los Angeles at the time because I had tickets on The Price is Right, like I said, and I was certain I was going to win a car and I had just enough money. So I didn't really make any bets But in Las Vegas. But I watched the games because in the uh, MGM Grand uh, Casino Hotel Sportsbook, they have like the largest big screen in the United States at the time or something like that, where they were playing the basketball game for free. So you could just go there and just like as long as you didn't look like a bum, I guess. And just like sit there. Oh, and I just like grab some tickets to make it look like, like, oh, come on, come on. Like I'm just holding a ticket. But I just hung out there all day. Then I ate like a a cheap buffet. And then I just watched the games in the Las Vegas sports book. And I remember being, and I had these Fila shoes on, like these F-I-L-A, but they were too small. But for some reason, I still wore them because they were like brand new. But my toes were just crunching in them. That's not relative to the story, but walking to the car and to the casino and back like was a killer because of those shoes. But I remember thinking that the Miami Heat had won their championship and I couldn't believe it, how they had defied all odds. You know, it's like if the Orlando Magic or Atlanta Hawks or Sacramento Kings won an NBA championship. And I I was like, oh, I would never expect the Heat to win a championship. And I was picturing like Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal celebrating and, uh, I was like, oh, that's, um, and I was like, uh, I remember like being happy for him. Like, I'm like, yeah, I hope he's going to be a great player. And, um, and then after that, I felt it was time to get to business. Uh, so I got in my car and uh, headed to Los Angeles and to the Price is Right, uh, you know, thinking I was going to uh, strike it rich. I was also going to crash a, uh, you know, uh, acting audition. Uh, so I had some plans. I'm like, I'm going to make one last try to be an actor before starting at the University of Texas. But I didn't really have any plans or I even I knew where the studios were located. And I, I did end up going on The Price is Right. But I hurried up and got back to Texas. And it wasn't even worth the risk because I had worked so hard uh, being getting accepted into the University of Texas. I shouldn't have jeopardized that. I didn't even have a driver's license at the time. And I drove by myself in my car all the way to Los Angeles and back for no fucking reason, really. Just be like, I'm going to celebrate. You know, it wasn't worth the risk. And thank God I did make it back in time to start my first semester at the University of Texas because I could have really, you know, fucked that up. You know, I had weed on me the whole time. And like I said, I didn't have a driver's license. But like I said, thank God I survived and thank God I made it here. And sometimes before you go to sleep at night, you really want to look around and just be grateful for everything that you have. And don't complain and don't wish or fantasize. Just be grateful for the little things that you have. 
and uh, you want to really uh, practice gratefulness. And even if you don't have anything, like there's been times where I've been in the woods and the only thing I had was a can of tuna or a can of sardines, but I was grateful for that can of sardines because when you think about it, we are all on this planet, a rock flying around the sun, a star at a million miles per hour out in the boondocks corner of the Milky Way galaxy. And it's a miracle that we're even here to exist, that all these things had to happen with the stars and galaxies to create us and this planet. And when you, when you look at what we're made of, we're made of the same stuff that stars are made of. We're made of the same elements, the same molecules. When the universe formed during the Big Bang, everything that has ever, and everything in the whole entire universe all formed at once. And everything that has ever been here has always been here. It just changes form. So we're actually made of stars. We're the universe, uh, you know, representing itself. We're the universe realizing itself. We're the universe being aware of itself. And that's pretty much a miracle. And when you think of things like that, it kind of makes you want to be nicer to your neighbor, like I was in earlier in the podcast. And it kind of makes you want to uh, appreciate uh, every second that we have on this planet. So with that being said, thank you for listening. The Mr. G podcast is available wherever you get podcasts, Amazon podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts, iHeartRadio podcasts. The full episodes of the Mr. G podcast are uploaded on Twitter and YouTube. And thank you guys for watching. Everybody have a great day. Aloha.